Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaSports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There's a strong link between sports and medicine. If you're not at the top of your medical game, you can't play well, or you just can't play. Welcome to Bruce the Sports Doc with medical expert Dr. Bruce Grossinger. This program looks at advances and breakthroughs in medicine and how it relates to sports. Plus, you'll receive preventative tips and analysis of sports injuries this week. Now, here's Bruce the Sports Doc. Welcome to the newest edition of Bruce the Sports Doc. We just completed... NFL Playoff Sunday, and we're all set for the AFC and NFC Championships next week. We'll be breaking down the different matchups, and you'll be hearing our predictions. I'd like to lead off with a discussion of the sad story of Chris Pronger. Chris Pronger is the captain of the Philadelphia Flyers. He's six foot eight. A strong and mighty defenseman who has had a long and distinguished career in the National Hockey League. He's already a bearer of the Stanley Cup. And the Flyers, who are just behind the Rangers this year, figured that Chris Pronger, their captain, would help spearhead them into the playoffs. However, tragedy intervened. Chris Pronger suffered a severe concussion and is now out for the whole season and and the playoffs. What's worse than that is Chris is now isolated from the team and his only contact with the team is speaking to Paul Hoger, the general manager, once or twice a month. Other players of the Philadelphia Flyers have texted him and his short quote in the Philadelphia Inquirer today was that he's in a very, very bad place and he's very frustrated that he can't help the team. Let's flash back six months. I, Bruce the Sports Talk, was in attendance for a seminar with the Philadelphia Flyers, Keith Prebo, and Kerry Goulet. The purpose of this seminar was to enlighten and teach the kids peewee hockey players, high school and college kids, about the dangers of concussion, as well as this served as a meet and greet for the Flyers. It was Danny Briere, Danny Carcillo, Chris Pronger, and Dave Schultz, the famous retired Broad Street bully. And this was a pretty big crowd we had. We had Al Morganti, we had Michael Barcade of Comcast, And it was mostly question and answer. And looking back on it, it was a touch of irony. I posed a question to Chris Pronger and the panel. And I said, what 
is the National Hockey League doing to make the league safer? Are they? What are they doing to impose concussion awareness? And um, Chris Prager grabbed the mic a little bit defiantly. And um, knowing that Bruce the Sports Doc had a rather undistinguished collegiate hockey career, he directed a question right at me, right between the eyes, and he said, what is the first thing they taught you back when you were learning how to play ice hockey? And I, I wasn't sure, you know, how to answer that. I thought maybe uh, how to tie up, how to, how to lace your skates up, how to put your uniform on. And he looked at me defiantly and he said, keep your head up. He goes, if you keep your head up in the game, you'll be fine. There's no need to talk about this. And this whole thing about concussion is overblown. Then Al Morgani, who is a, as you know, ESPN hockey analyst. He's also a morning guy on WIP here in Philadelphia. Very nice guy. Um, kind of chimed in and said, you know, defending the NHL at the time. The NHL has its uh, has the strongest concussion policy, and we have the first concussion policy. If somebody has a concussion, they, they're out a mandatory 10 games. And then everybody in the crowd just kind of hushed. It was like, how, how could somebody dare bring this up? Now, again, that was the flashback. Now we find ourselves with Chris Pronger. Let's discuss a little bit more of his situation. Chris has suffered a series of orthopedic injuries which have limited his play over the last year. He suffered an ankle fracture when he got hit by a hockey puck. He suffered wrist injuries. He's had wrist surgeries. And most recently, it was thought that he had some type of a viral syndrome. And that's why he had the headaches, uh, memory loss, difficulty concentrating, and whatever else we could glean from the media, which, you know, as you know, in hockey, they are rather subversive about how much information they get. For instance, somebody uh, fractures their humerus, <clears throat> rather than say a broken arm, the NHL will just say an upper body injury. If a guy blows out his ACL, they will just say a lower body injury, and they're allowed to do it, and it's uniform throughout the league. So we don't have as much information about the exact chronology and sequence of the concussion symptoms of Chris Prager, though in certain cases like Sidney Crosby, who is really the standard bearer for the whole league of the Pittsburgh Penguins, he's given several interviews, and it's very unfortunate that Crosby sat out the whole last year, came back, and during practice received some type of hit to the head and has now been out indefinitely with concussion. We've seen video footage of him last week skating around the ice with his um, with his team. And, you know, essentially he's been cleared to exert himself and to practice. And rather than ride a bike, he's happier, you know, skating around. And the Pittsburgh Penguins have uh, really rallied around their captain. And it was really heartwarming to see in practice, they're all wearing the C. They're all wearing the C for captain, you know, and honoring Sidney Crosby and his plight with concussions. And um, essentially, we have two of the most important players in the National Hockey League, Chris Pronger and Sidney Crosby, who are afflicted with concussions. And uh, it also 
speaks to the quality of the care at the University of Pittsburgh. And I'm a Philadelphia. Uh, Dr. Mickey Collins, who I know and I've collaborated with, is a neuropsychologist from Pittsburgh who helped develop the impact test. The impact test, as you know, is a test that athletes get before the season. They take it as a baseline, and then if there is a suspected concussion, they get retested with impact. Well, apparently, about three weeks ago, Chris Pronger went to see Dr. Collins. He was evaluated with impact testing. His symptom score was calculated. That is, headaches, visual problems, memory loss, fogginess. And it was determined that Chris had such severe symptoms and scored so poorly, I guess you would say, on the impact test. I'm inferring that. I haven't seen the data that for Chris Progress safety, he'd be closed out for the rest of the season and the playoffs. And that came as a great shock here to the Philadelphia Flyers fans who really were unaware that there was a concussion situation at all. And as we, uh, as we proceeded to late January, that's the status of Chris Prager. So we have a guy who's very proud, who had a significant head injury, superimposed on a series of orthopedic injuries. We have somebody in their late 30s, 37, 38. And really... This is a career-threatening situation for Chris Pronger. Try to find a bright side to the story. One obvious bright side is that if Chris were not to have been diagnosed effectively and treated appropriately, that is mandatory off-ice play for the NHL, Chris could have suffered a devastating second impact syndrome. And we've talked about that before. Second impact syndrome is when the brain is vulnerable. When there's another severe hit to the head, there's a release of calcium, potassium, and injurious neurochemicals, which tend to cause the brain to inflame and develop brain swelling and often bleeding. And this second impact syndrome has been associated with severe protracted conditions as a sequela including strokes, brain hemorrhage, mass shifting, and even in the worst case, death, where the brain swells and essentially is forced downward through the tentorium, which is the hole at the base of the brain. That's called a tentorial herniation, where the brain swells and presses down. There's another type where there's a unilateral hit, let's say to the right or left sides of the brain, which we call the cerebral hemispheres, And then there's brain swelling and hemorrhage as a result of second impact syndrome. And the brain could crush itself from right to left or from left to right. So thankfully, and most importantly for Chris Pronger, for his family, for him, for his kids, that's not going to happen this year. And so we have to think, we always have to equate the game and the player. And going back to that seminar with Keith Primo and Kerry Goulet. These two players embody the spirit of concussion awareness. Kerry Goulet, the story, his story, 17 years playing hockey in Germany, severe concussions where he lay in a bed in a city in Germany with his girlfriend at his side, keeping him oriented, essentially becoming extremely depressed, withdrawn, even suicidal. 
and not knowing why. And in retrospect, it had to do with his many concussions. 17 years as an international hockey player. And now Kerry Goulet and Keith Primo, who you know from the Philadelphia Flyers, whose career also tragically ended by a series of concussions where Keith just could not come back. Both of these players are on a mission to inform and educate about proper equipment, helmets, shoulder pads, about proper concussion awareness, and also about proper techniques, about proper checking techniques, much like the NFL, where, for instance, during the weekend you saw at least one penalty for a hit in the head on a tackle, a hit on the head of the defenseless quarterback. Aaron Rodgers was hit yesterday by O.C. in the playoff game. And really, if you look at the tackle, in my view, it was borderline. That is, the hit was to the upper body and the shoulder, but there was this tiny bit of contact between O.C.'s helmet and Aaron Rodgers. And the, the, the second part of the play where essentially Aaron was driven to the ground in itself was not an illegal hit. However, because there was some helmet-to-helmet contact, it was appropriate to call a penalty. So in ice hockey, too, with respect to checking, with respect to hitting defenseless players, especially against the boards, this has become an area of extreme awareness for the National Hockey League. So as we close up this segment, we pay tribute to the bravery of Chris Pronger, and we pay tribute to Mickey College of the University of Pittsburgh Doctors, who may have saved Chris's life. And obviously, it will be detrimental to the Flyers. They are losing their captain. You can't replace a Chris Pronger. However, the fact is, the, view, the idea of concussions, concussion awareness and treatment has come into microscopic view in all of these physical professional sports. And we wish here, certainly, on Voice America Sports, Bruce the Sports Talk, we wish, we wish nothing but the best of Chris Pronger. And we want to get his fiery self back on the ice safely, hopefully next year. Thanks for listening. On the next edition, you'll hear a breakdown of the NFC and AFC playoffs, spectacular games in San Francisco and in Green Bay, not-so-spectacular games in New England, and also a bit of a comedy of errors on the part of the Texans in their loss to the Baltimore Ravens. Stay tuned. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine. Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur 
amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. What does building a family mean to you? Nobody has experienced the pain and joy of family life in a way that Freddie Scott has. And his experiences in life, in sports, and business can help you create a successful family future. We'll cover many aspects of family building and management with a focus on fatherhood. Men and women want their families to succeed during these tough times. Our show will give you hope for the future and practical tools for a successful family. Tune in to The Freddie Scott Show, tackling the game of life, Mondays at Noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Sports. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the next segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossinger. I'm a sports doctor and clinical neurologist in Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware. For all of you within the driving distance of our practice, we'd, let, we'd like to let you know that we specialize in sports injuries, concussions, neck and back problems, carpal tunnel syndrome, herniated discs, and the non-surgical treatment they're in. That is, people drive long and far to see us in order to get better without getting cut. And that's one of our biggest draws. I've been in practice for over 20 years, and I really like helping people out. The forum of the show is to discuss different types of sports injuries, noteworthy concussions, neck, back, and orthopedic injuries to the neck and shoulder, and how we treat them in the office in order to educate and also to entertain. If you, need, if you want to reach us, you can reach us anywhere. At 610-521-6063. Or, if you happen to be in that great tax-free state of Delaware, you can reach out to us at me, Dr. Bruce Grossinger, Grossinger Neuropaid Specialist, 302-636-0920. We accept all insurances, which is great. You don't have to have great insurances to see me. You could have Medicaid. You could have Keystone Mercy. In Delaware, you could have Delaware Physicians Care, DPC, Medicare, Blue Cross, any HMO. Whatever you have, we take it. Our goal really is to help you out and to make it affordable. That is, if you have insurance, the insurance pays for it. That's why you have insurance. So at any event, we look forward to seeing you in the office. And without any further ado, let's get on with the show. NFC Divisional Playoffs. New York Giants 
Green Bay Packers, the frozen tundra. What a game yesterday for the New York Giants. Eli Manning coming up big. The play of the game, the backbreaker. The Hail Mary pass to Hakeem Nix with time expiring. And it's interesting that the Packers called a timeout. And both Coughlin and Eli acknowledged that they were going to run out the clock. However, when the Packers called timeout, it changed their view. So let's play it out. Ahmad Bradshaw, run it left, reverses field, turns to the right, running room, nothing but green grass, it just nips right out of bounds on the 37-yard line. Six seconds left. I was watching the game yesterday with Miami Dolphin quarterback Jay Fiedler, spent five years starting for the Miami Dolphins, and he was in attendance with Bruce the Sports Talk yesterday at Miami Mike's. 700 strong, rabid Giants fans watching their underdog Giants against the Green Bay Packers. So my question was to Jay, Jay Fiedler, what are they going to do? Well, he said they could do a quick sideline out, maybe take four seconds and bring the field goal kicker in for a long field goal, or maybe just a Hail Mary. So what did the Giants do? They did a quick snap. They just went up to the line and did a quick snap. They went back and they sent everybody in the end zone. And Eli Manning stood back there with that golden arm and heaved it high into the evening sky in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And you can see the pass, perfect spiral, finally being affected by gravity on its downward flow. And you saw a series of hands. And one pair of, of hands stood above the rest. One pair of shiny red gloved hands. Those of MVP, Hakeem Nix, from your North Carolina Tar Heels, went up, grabbed the ball. The ball for a moment hit the top of his helmet, thereby harkening back four years ago to David Tyree and that miraculous helmet-trapping reception at the end of the game that clinched the game against the New Orleans Patriots four years ago. But this time, the ball rebounded into his soft hands and he regripped the ball several times, cradled it like a baby, fell to the ground, and held on to that ball for dear life. And then, the touchdown signal. The miracle had occurred. The Hail Mary had hit its mark. And the Giants had a 17-10 lead going into halftime. The rest of the game was much the same. The Giants' defense came up big. And the, the name of that game yesterday was turnovers. You have, a, you have a situation where the Green Bay Packers only turned the ball over six times in 16 games. Six times in 16 games. But on this one day, on this one fateful day, this divisional playoff, the Giants forced... Three turnovers from the previously perfect Green Bay Packers. The fullback Kuhn 
big number 30 for the Packers, had literally never fumbled in his whole career. But yesterday, he had his first fumble. Aaron Rodgers, in a glorious record-setting season for the Green Bay Packers, had it fumbled one time. But yet, on this day, the New York football giants, Osi Yubidora, big number 72, flicked the ball out of his hands. The Giants recovered one of many key turnovers in the game. The offensive heroes, Hakeem Nix, with not only the Hail Mary touchdown, but a beautiful first touchdown on a curl-out pattern. He got the ball, accelerated, and beat the Green Bay Packers for the first touchdown. Victor Cruz made important plays, six catches. And one of the most important plays, he was on the hands team in the fourth quarter. A very nice onside kick by Green Bay. It, it hit the ground, bounced up in the air, went right through the legs of a New York Giants player. And it was a live ball. And Hakeem Nix, as always, like he had a magnet on his gloves, reached out, cradled the ball, and rolled over. It took possessions for the Giants. And at that point, game set match. You have to pay tribute to Eli Manning, who seems to get better and better with every playoff game. Who, third down after third down, third and long, would fight his receiver, stayed cool in the pocket. When it was time to take a coverage sack, Cobbley did so. When it was time to roll out of the pocket and throw the ball out of bounds, Eli Manning did so. Another over 300-yard game, spectacular performance by Eli Manning. And outduels Aaron Rodgers on his home turf. So we have to pay tribute to many, many people on the New York Giants. The embattled Tom Coughlin, who had been criticized by Tiki Barber, who is now ostracized from the league. Kevin Gilbride, the offensive coordinator, probably most famous for his fisticuffs with Buddy Ryan, the Kentucky horseman and former Eagles renegade coach, and Perry Fuel, an innovative, articulate, liberal artsy type guy who caught a little bit of flack earlier in the year for possibly teaching his players how to fake injury. <laughs> and this was particularly humorous earlier in the year when two of the Giants faked injury on the same play and then both ran off the field. That was an embarrassment to Coach, to coach Perry Fuel. But Perry Fuel, when asked, honestly said, I can't say that I did not coach them about how to fake injury. And that, in fact, was true. So we have to pay tribute to the New York football giants and their amazing win, improbable win, in Lambeau Field against a team that was 15-1, against a team with Aaron Rodgers, a daunting defense. And, as a consequence... The New York Giants 
Have a date with destiny. Next week, 6.30 Eastern Time, they will be facing Alex Smith and the San Francisco 49ers. In the remaining time in our segment, we want to discuss what was also a, a gallant victory for the San Francisco 49ers in a shootout in the last four minutes of the game. Drew Brees and Alex Smith. Fabulous coaching by Jim Harbaugh. Literally changing the culture of the San Francisco 49ers. A decade worth of losing. A decade worth of revolving door coaches. Coaches with good pedigrees. Mike Nolan. Mike Singletary. And... Essentially, a losing attitude, and it add the fiery Jim Harbaugh, bringing the college spirit from Stanford Cardinal, and bringing it to the 49ers, infusing confidence in Alex Smith, <clears throat> a defense that literally did not let up a rushing touchdown all year long, an unblemished defense, loyal fans, Candlestick Park. What a story. So we certainly have to give all the credit to the 49ers for beating what looked like a New Orleans State team that was unbeatable. Another record-setting year by Drew Brees. And in the end, it was just a shootout. The only way Alex Smith was going to win would be if he outscored Brees. And Brees played valiantly to the end and being interviewed professionally at the end giving credit to the 49ers and handling himself as he truly is, in my view, a future Hall of Famer. So this sets up the NFC Championship next week. The New York football giants come rumbling in to Candlestick Park to play the San Francisco 49ers. Tom Coughlin against Jim Harbaugh. Two very different people, two very different coaches, but one similarity, preparation, confidence, organization, and the ability to have their their teams execute on the brightest lights of the NFC Divisional Championship. Please stay tuned for the next segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine. Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. 
visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Hey, did you know Voice America has partnered with the Kidstar Network to expand their reach through Voice America Kids? Voice America Kids will feature talk radio for kids, by kids, along with special event programming and live broadcasts. Each program is conveniently archived for on-demand listening at any time. Please check our archives for the latest events and happenings on voiceamericakids.com. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the next segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. We're dealing with a very important area now, which will be... Injuries to the low back. This could relate to your sports injuries or other types of trauma, such as falls at work or car accidents. This is an area of extreme expertise for grossing or neuropain specialists. If you are within driving distance of the sound of my voice and you have a low back problem, whether it be a disc, whether it be a spinal cord injury, whether it be a car accident or a work accident, please call us for consultation, 610-521-6063. Again, I'm Dr. Bruce Grossinger. Let's start out with the types of injuries in the low back. I like to think of three different main injuries in the low back that are serious. Number one, injuries to the discs, okay, and they include bulging, protruding, or traumatic discs. That's when the inner core which is the nucleus pulposus, essentially ruptures and breaks through the outer part, which is called the annulus fibrosis. Excuse the Latin. And what happens when a disc breaks out is it moves into an area where a nerve lives, a nerve root. In Latin, the word root is called radic. So when there is a disc problem or a bone spur which presses into a nerve root in the spine, or, alternatively, if there is a tremendous force, particularly a flexion and extension force to the spine, that could actually tear or partially tear the nerve cables. The nerve cables are oriented such that there's an inner cable, which is like the inner part of a wire, that's called the axon, and there's an outer cable, which is called the myelin. So, we've talked about different injuries. What? Disc injury. That's one type of injury. Another type of injury is direct trauma to the nerve, stretching or pulling. If the nerve actually gets pulled out of the spinal column, that's called an avulsion. That leaves somebody with a flaccid limb, either an arm or leg, and total weakness. A nerve root avulsion, regrettably, is a very serious problem that's very difficult to treat. Another problem with the lumbar spine is called the facet syndrome. That is, the interconnecting joints are called facets. And in the same area, there are little nerves called median branches. 
And what happens is there's injury to those joints and those nerves, and there's usually multiple levels of injury. So our treatment usually involves treating multiple levels, a three on average. So when you have a patient that comes in and tells you, I have back pain, morning stiffness, and you examine them, and they have tenderness overlying the facet joints, that's what we call a facet syndrome. When Tiger Woods injured his neck last year, he did not herniate a disc, but he had a cervical facet syndrome. He required treatment for that problem and eventually recovered. So when we think about it, we look at the back in the midline area, we see midline discs and nerves. We also think about the facets, which is a vertically oriented group of multi-level nerves and joints. Finally, it's separate and distinct, something called the sacroiliac joint. When the pain is either on one side or both sides, unilateral or bilateral, and when I put my finger right on what we call the dimples of the back, otherwise known as the sacroiliac joint, the posterior superiliac spines, and there's extreme tenderness there. Or alternatively, if there's unleveling, when I look at it carefully, if one of the sacroiliac joints is way higher than the other, I think about something called sacroiliac joint syndrome. Sacroiliac joint syndrome. How does it compare with the other entities? It typically does not radiate down into one or both legs. It's not radiating in character. It's not a radiculopathy. That's the Latin word. Also, it's usually in a different area. It doesn't go up the spine. It doesn't affect multiple levels. It basically is such where you put your finger on the SI joint, there's pain. And there's also two other tests called the Patrick's test, wherein you do a maneuver to the hip and the leg. And also something called a Lasagne's test, which is another provocative test we do in the office. When those tests are positive, they can support the diagnosis of sacroiliac dysfunction. Well, how do you treat sacroiliac dysfunction? Number one, anti-inflammatories, muscle relaxers, physical therapy, myofascial treatment, even gentle manipulation, either osteopathic manipulation or chiropractic manipulation. And also, we do both diagnostic and therapeutic injections. In the operating room, we do this in neuropaid specialists. We take a needle, we place it down an x-ray beam directly at the SI joint, and we inject a powerful anti-inflammatory and local anesthetic agent. When that relieves the pain, that's a positive diagnostic test, and there's also a therapeutic component. We usually do up to three injections in the sacroiliac area. Okay, let's go back to diagnosis number one. Disc injuries, lumbar root injuries. How do we treat that? So how do we treat herniated discs? Number one, at the core is a good clinical exam. There are rare cases that represent true surgical emergencies. When somebody has an acute injury to their disc, they herniate it, and they develop an inability to pass urine, or they develop constipation, that is a true emergency. That indicates the likelihood of a spinal cord involvement, or what we call a cauda equina syndrome. That's a big word in Latin. Cauda equina relates to the horse's tail. In that case, we send him to an immediate surgeon who usually does a decompression. They remove the disc with or without a fusion to stabilize the spine. That's unusual, however. 
95% or greater, we start off conservatively. Anti-inflammatory medicines, muscle relaxers, physical therapy, rest, stretching. Second tier treatment, we do epidural injections in our office. That means in an operating room, we place a needle at the level of the disc, above or below it. We inject corticosteroids, local anesthetic agents. We usually do two or three of these injections over a period of four to six weeks. In our hands, the epidural injections have a 70% chance of significantly impacting on the patient's problem. They don't remove the disc, but they usually can induce a relative remission and they allow the patient to continue their activities. So, review. Disc injuries. Unless there's a true surgical emergency, we use physical therapy, medicines, injections. We also believe gentle mobilization, which can be done by a physical therapist or can be done safely by a chiropractic physician, are very important tools in the treatment of lumbar disc injuries. We talked about sacroiliac dysfunction, pain in the butt, literally, and these problems are treated by medicine, mobilization, and injections directly to the sacroiliac joint. The way we do our injections, we use a special x-ray machine called a fluoroscope, so we have actual pictures of the needle, we can see where the medicine is going, and we can follow that up and we can share that with the patient. I believe at the core of the treatment of low back injuries is good communication, interaction between the doctor and the patient. And again, we can see low back injuries at a host of scenarios. We can see them from car accidents, work injuries, and particularly in the sporting environment. Oftentimes, it's a twist, it's an acceleration, it's a deceleration, it's a slip and fall. We see it a lot in the wintertime. Black ice, head over heels. I landed on my back. And when they come to us, we have to decide whether it's a serious neurological injury. Another class of back injuries are the non-serious variety, what we call the simple strain and sprain. Soft tissue injuries. These injuries get better, typically at four to six weeks. They require no formal um, injections or surgical treatment. They often don't require even CAT scans or MRIs. They usually get better with rest, anti-inflammatory medicines, something called a Medrol dose pack, which is a methyl prednisolone pack over five days, gentle physical therapy, chiropractic care, and time. So if it's a simple low back strain, they get better. However, we see so many patients who are told by their doctors or by whomever, don't worry about it, you have a simple strain. They go ahead and they get evaluated, they get a careful exam by a neurologist, we find they need MRIs, and it turns out that they fall in the other category of the more serious big three, lumbar disc injuries, nerve injuries, that's one category, lumbar facet injuries, and sacroiliac injuries. We're going to reinforce this particular discussion on future dialogues with you, the listener at Voice America Sports. This concludes this segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. I will continue to help you journey through Nerveland, Dr. Bruce Grossinger.
I thank you so much for listening. What if there was a program that brought the best in sports and the best of entertainment together in one place? It can be done, and Darnell Autry proves it every week on Outside the Spotlight. In this program, athletes and artists come together to share their success stories, hobbies, professional projects, and more that will interest not only the sports fan, but fans of entertainment and other human interest stories. If you have something you want to ask your favorite athlete or entertainer, listen for Outside the Spotlight, Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine, Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injury. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the second edition of Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossinger. I'm a practicing neurologist and sports medicine doctor in Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware. Should you or or somebody you care about require a consultation, please call 610-521-6063. This week marks a sentinel moment in the NFL concussion saga. After the hearings... The media attention, more than 125 former pro football players are suing the NFL and as well as helmet maker Rydell in at least five complaints brought in state or federal courts. This was as of October 20th, 2011. So it's the first time the players are banded together and their position is that the NFL should have done more to warn the players about the dangers of head injuries and also to help retired players and those who are at risk of developing chronic traumatic encephalopathy or those players who actually have signs of CTE. In prior shows, we talked about CTE, which we believe to be a pathologically defined situation 
where various athletes, particularly boxers and football players, develop findings very similar to Alzheimer's disease in their brain. And it causes them to have accelerated dementia, emotional problems, and often to take their own lives. We tributized Dave Dewerson of the Chicago Bears, who was a very brave individual who believed he had CTE, which was later confirmed and essentially committed suicide in order to allow his brain to be studied at Boston University. So now we move to the next phase, litigation. And we'll try to bring you an update as to how that is going. Two of the lawyers representing the players are Richard Lewis and Thomas Girardi. So we would ask Mr. Girardi, what are the goals of this litigation? What are you trying to accomplish by suing the helmet maker in the NFL? The first goal was to make necessary changes so that the other, that is the current players, don't go the same way. The second is to set up a medical process so that those people who are suffering from head injuries have medical attention for the injury as long as they need it. And again, as we've explained about CTE, this is often, the onset of these symptoms is often five to ten years after retirement. So if you're looking at the current players, they're not demonstrating the problems with memory, slurred speech, movement disorders. And so it's really a sticky wicket. So they're trying to establish this connection. The second goal is to set up a medical process. The third is because these are really work-related brain injuries, patients who, or I should say players, who gave themselves to the league, who sacrificed their brains literally in order to play football, should be compensated, that is paid, just like any other type of person who's injured in the context of work. And some of the people who are unable to work because of the inability to think and understand current concepts, that is, those who are experiencing dementia, and again, some current players, Terry Bradshaw, Jim McMahon, two very famous Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, have acknowledged how they're having memory loss, uh, forgetfulness, and others who are not so well known are also experiencing symptoms of CTE. So I've told you the stance of these players and their lawyers. Let's talk about the NFL stance as outlined by their counsel, Brad Karp. And the NFL is focusing on other, on, on other issues. They're basically trying to defend themselves against present and future litigation. And I guess they're, they're also trying to hold the fort with respect to compensation to retired players. So how does the NFL defend themselves? How do they try to refute that playing pro football carries with it a risk of irreversible dementia, brain damage, psychological problems, disability, and a shortened lifespan? Well, number one, their position is that the players knew there were risks of injury when they decided to play football. They knew 
that there is a chance that it was a contact sport. They had heard about people suffering from dingers and head injuries, and they also knew that they'd be well compensated as professionals. The second issue in defense by Brad Karp is that there is no misconduct or liability. When they say misconduct, that the NFL didn't set anything up to purposefully cause these brain injuries, and therefore, as far as liability, which means responsibility, they're saying that the league itself isn't responsible. They're also trying to not allow for a class action, which is a bulk action, which could obviously cost a lot of money exponentially, particularly in a losing setting. And the NFL is trying to fractionate or break up these cases to individual cases so that they'll only they'll be able to deal with it better as individuals. Also, when a lot of players are represented by attorneys, there's something called economy of scale, which means that they could be concisely represented by a few attorneys, whereas if they have to litigate each individual case, it's, it's a lot more manpower, a lot more difficult for the players to acquire that type of representation. So also in the do, using arbitration uh, as opposed to jury trials, that may put somewhat of a ceiling on the liability of the league. Speaking of Jim McMahon, he is included in the complaint filed in Pennsylvania. There's also a response from Rydell, the Helmet Corporation. And essentially their response is saying no comment. And that when there is pending litigation, when there are lawsuits, the company is not going to go out and uh, flag its case to the public you know, for this type of interview. They also point to an NFL scheme to essentially uh, deceive Congress, the players, and the public. And this had to do with the Mild Traumatic Brain Injury Committee, committee set up in 1994. There were actually doctors who came out and who were representing the league that stated that there was no risk for traumatic brain injury uh, with respect to playing football. So they're using some of the, that earlier material which was uh, dating back to 1994, to show that there was a purposeful, uh, you know, attempt to deceive by the NFL. The plaintiffs are seeking judgments in the millions of dollars. But as with many lawsuits, the actual numbers are not open to the public, and therefore I can't share them with you. This may take years to be resolved. But they're drawing a line in the sand. The, the former players, the NFL, and this looks like something that's going to bear watching. So, well, my role as a neurologist is to I- explain to you exactly what a brain injury is and current treatments. It's important to realize that this is not in a vacuum. In our society, patients, players <clears throat> are entitled to have their rights protected particularly retired players such as those, such as Andre Waters, such as Dave Dewerson, and those players who essentially died prematurely with severe brain damage due to their plague days in the NFL, due to the cumulative effect of concussions and head injuries. 
As your host, I've tried to read as much as I can about the law, the lawsuits themselves. And I refer you to a, uh, a website from the Charbonnet Law Firm, which outlines some additional information that I want to share with you. Not only the football players, but also some of the wives have filed the lawsuit against the NFL. The claim is that the league would train and teach players to purposefully hit someone with their head while playing and would not properly treat them for concussions. One of the plaintiffs is former Falcons and San Francisco 49er player Wayne Radloff, R-A-D-L-O-F-F, who was knocked out cold in the 1980s and now suffers from dementia. He's thought to have chronic traumatic encephalopathy, but the only way to prove that is with uh, brain sectioning. So something will, will, will cannot be done during life. And the wife said, it's a brutal way to see somebody die and to live with it daily at ups and downs. Her hope is that being part of the lawsuit will enable others who are also suffering. So this year, it's the first time players have joined together and have tried to form a class action. The primary focus of the class action is the need for an establishment of a medical monitoring fund, not only for active players, but also for retired players, for diagnostic testing and treatment, and to also document and treat such of the symptoms, such as memory loss, walking around in a fog, impulsive anger, and confusion. Those same symptoms that were noted by Dave Dorson were recognized by him and which inevitably led him to take his own life. So while this is a sports medicine program, the issue of concussion and brain injury remains the most active and fast-moving topic that we deal with from week to week. Please stay tuned for segments three and four, what I think will be humbly riveting analysis of week 10 of the NFL as well as a look ahead to which teams will be moving into the playoffs and which teams are underachievers. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you. Thanks for joining the discussion this week on Bruce the Sports Doc. Tune in next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with Dr. Bruce Grossinger on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll see you then.